0: On the first Kent podcast of 2022. The big game in the scaffold, Chatham Town against Sheppie United. We hear from the winners, Chatham Town midfielder Geordie Robbins.
1: We just made made sure we got the job done in the end. It was a little bit ugly, but you've got to do it at times.
0: And
2: from the loser, Sheppey United manager Ernie Batten. I'm disappointed, but performances are everything for me. And I thought today we gave a good account of ourselves. And a great start to the year for Welling. Peter
0: Taylor discusses their fantastic win as they beat Dulwich 1-0. I couldn't be happier uh, on the
3: performance. I think the players work so well as a group.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Ken Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. 2022 is here. We've all survived. There was no millennium bug, which I did read was around the place. Uh, plenty of really good football to start 2022 as well. And we've got three interviews for you coming up over the course of the next hour or so. Uh, I'm John Fitchy. This week found a bit of clickbait that I didn't dislike. Uh, and on the line now is a man who seemingly hasn't had the most positive start to 22. It's my good friend, Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate?
4: No, I'm always positive, mate. Yeah, 2022 is what? It's a bit of a weekend. Uh, I'm back to work, so... Back to the old grindstone, yeah, not too bad, really. So getting a bit cold though, which is a bit disappointing. But yeah, I'm I'm good, mate. Go happy new Happy New Year to you.
0: I'm always positive, says the man. I'd like you to go and review the message that you sent me on Twitter at ten thirty eight on Monday morning and tell me how positive you were feeling at that exact moment, my friend.
4: But, yeah, well, <laughs> well, that wasn't. Yeah, that was by five fifteen or six o'clock on Monday. When I was nearing, I was going back to work, that really was on my knees, crying. But um, now I've been back two days, you're back into the old routine. But I would love to go back to the 23rd of December, 2021, and do it all again. But unfortunately, we can't. We have to get on and move with the times, mate, really, to be honest. When did you take your lights down? Uh, we took. We always take them down before New Year's. We took them down... Mm. Last Thursday, the thirtieth, so nice and early. And one of the games we're actually playing now, a bit of excitement. When we walk the dog, we're working out how many people still have their lights on, and how many, do- or you know, don't. And at the beginning of the week, on well, the first, a lot of people did. Did a walk this evening. The percentage is lowering quite a bit. Have you still
0: got yours up? Because basically today you take them down, is it? Nice. It is. Well, ours always come down on the 1st of January, so that's yeah. uh, so that's that. But the funny thing was, um, I've been out today uh, and we've just been to Worthing, among other places, uh, along the coast. And just as we were walking back from having a meal uh, in <laughs> in Worthing, walking down the main street where obviously they've had all their Christmas lights up and there were some poor lads there, it was their job tonight to take them all down. Freezing cold night uh, and there was about four or five of them and they are literally up in the up in the big things, taking all these lights down. It's like, that's going to take them hours. So uh, unlucky for them. But yeah, so today is apparently the day you should take your Christmas lights down. But, you know, if you're keeping them up to this late, then you know, I don't understand it. Because surely now you're all back to work. Christmas is, is long gone. So why why prolong the the illusion that it's still Christmas when it blatantly isn't?
4: I've I, I read somewhere, somewhere, this may have been the case, that there's a pub in Portsmouth that always keep their... Christmas decorations up until Portsmouth get knocked out of the FA Cup. Blimey. I think they are out of the FA Cup this year. They are before Christmas. So I don't know what they do then. But when I suppose when they won the cup back 10 years ago, I think it was,
0: they would have to keep their decorations up. Blimey. My mum once <laughs> forgot a Christmas decoration, but many years ago, uh, I can still picture exactly what the decoration looked like and exactly where it was. And she, she when she um, put, when she put all, the, all the decks down, she forgot this one, so we just had it all up all year. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> there it is. So we, we actually did once, uh, I was about 15, I think, 15, 16, and we had a Christmas decoration up all year round. Yeah,
4: one of my, yeah, one about again, all the people who put their lights outside, and sometimes you can see clearly they've kept them out all through. If you look it up, you might see a, a reindeer. Whereas they don't turn it on, you can't really see it. But in the summer, when it's really light, you can see it. And I always think, if you're going to put them up, you've got to put them down as well. So, on that basis, so. But, yeah, well, I have to say, a lot of people, well, I was, a few years ago, this is a really interesting one in January, projectors were massive a few years ago. You know, we projected yeah. things on the walls. Projectors are dead now. Clearly, I've seen one projection this year. It's all one projection. So I think lights have taken over from projection projectors now.
0: And, Would you, you agree with I think that? This, Probably, yeah. But I think this year, a lot of people went big. A, a lot more people... Uh, the, than you would do and funny enough I drove down the A2 uh, on uh, Monday evening uh, down between Canterbury and Faversham and there was a, a, a house there that was lit up like right next to the, the dual carriageway it was lit up like bloody something a national lampoon's Christmas it was incredible so I think people this year because obviously everything's gone on the last couple of years I think everyone just went massive this Christmas and, and you know fair play to them and I suppose if they want to keep the lights up for a bit longer then let them but please take them down
4: yeah 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 unfortunately as i clearly know after going back to work christmas is over and it's long forgotten so
0: all in forward to next christmas i'll tell you that's my least that finished on this now but one of my least favorite times of the year is when people on the 27th of december write someone write some wag writes on social media oh i can't believe it there's 360 days to go until christmas and someone's already got their lights up Hey,
4: hey hey Wow, wow,
0: wow, wow, wow. It's our 198th episode this week, and to be honest, there's absolutely nothing of note about that, but it is, of course, our first episode of 2022, the sixth year in which we've come together to record one of these silly little shows, and the start of what we both hope will be a good year uh, for us and, and for our clubs as well, and let's hope that at least one of them manages to win more games in 2022 than they did in twenty one, eh, Matt?
4: Well, it, well it's not going to take too much, is it, really?
0: Just two, how many games we play a year? 40.
4: If we, if we, if I'm still on this pod next year and we have still haven't won a game when it's 80 million games as we've won, I will probably say I've had enough, John. It's me gone for good. But I'm okay. confident we'll win ne- next season. Next season, we're going to win.
0: Let's hope so. Uh, Anyway, let's start with the big game this weekend. uh, The clash of the top two in the Southern Cairns East League, where a record crowd for the league of 1,876 packed into the Bowville Stadium to see Chatham meet Sheppey. Uh, it was the home side who took the spoils Dan Bradshaw netting in either half to inflict a first league defeat in 38 games on his former club Sheppey United I spoke to people from both parties after the game so let's start with the winners Chatham Town and their midfielder Jordan Robbins
1: yeah huge for us um, I think we wanted to you know, keep the momentum building we've had a good run of late um, and to start the new year with a big one against United you know, feels good
0: Obviously they beat you earlier in the season So it's one game all But I, that just feels like it was, it was a big moment A big crowd, everyone enjoying
1: themselves Yeah, it was, it was a you know, big crowd and that nice atmosphere here I think it was a completely different game to last time I think we actually probably played better in spells When we were at their place uh, Today was more, um, got, got the goal And then we just made, made sure we got the job done in the end It was a little bit ugly But you've got to do it at times And when you walk away with three points at the end of the day It's three more points in the table And uh, it's all that matters
0: and obviously, you, you're looking good here. Everything, you're top of the league. It, it, it's got to be such a good feel-good factor for you and the rest of the players.
1: Yeah, I think so. And um, we've got a great, great dressing room. Um, so when the performances match matchy on the field, I think it's always good for you know team morale. Everyone's feeling good. Got a nice squad depth Got players coming back from injury. So yeah, I think we're in a good place at the moment. Plenty of flair
0: players are around the place in the Chatham side, but you're in there doing all the sort of dirty stuff.
1: But you, you do it well, I suppose. Yeah, I, I try to. I mean, when you have got you know players with a lot of flair, a, a lot of talent, get goals. You know, sometimes you ain't got to you know do too much to go and go and help them out. You know, they they're always going to score. And if we give them the ball, if we're um, solid at the back, and if we're you know composed. In midfield, then we know that we're going to create chances. So you know, me and Dultz or, or Palms whoever's in there um, alongside me, you know, we know we've got a bit of a job to do. Um, but the, we, you know, we trust in the boys. They're going to go and get the job done at the top end of the pitch, and uh, you know, see again today, our quality, you know, going to create chances. And we're going to score goals.
0: And it does help, doesn't it, when you've got such so much quality in front of you.
1: Yeah, it must be quite nice yeah. for the rest of you. But you are solid at the back as well. Yeah, I think so. That's something that you know, in the last couple of months, I think we've really found a little bit of solidarity at the back, um, and. You know that's the, the platform that's going to go and help us. You know, build, um, win after win, and you know, hopefully, you know, win the win the title in the, the year. I think all good teams can keep can keep clean sheets. They're solid at the back. Um, so yeah, that's what we what we're trying to trying to do. And we know if we keep a clean sheet, ninety percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, we're going to win the game. Obviously,
0: that was Chippy's first league defeat of the season. We're, we think it's their first league defeat for about three years. So it does kind of send out a, a message. You were top of the league anyway, but you, know, you seem to have just solid, consolidated
1: that. Yeah, I think it's you know it sends a message for sure. But you know, to be honest, we've focused more on us. Um, you know, we know we've got quality. Um, it's just another another game, another three points on the board, um, and we're just pleased to to get three points.
0: How far can this team and this club go?
1: Um, well, first of all, well, we've got a you know, accomplish our objective of the season which is get promoted. Um I think you know the cl- the club has got everything that it needs, it's got um, you know, great facilities, we're well supported, and um, but we just gotta make sure we're delivering on the pitch. So the first step is to make sure we get promoted, keep stringing these wins together and finish in a good position at the end of the year. And it helps as
0: well when you know you're in the Christmas lull and Dean Beckwith and Danny Kedwell turn up to add so much experience
1: to your squad. Yeah definitely I, I you know noticed a, a difference having Dean behind me today and um, just talking through the game, uh, making sure that we're in good positions if we lose possession. Uh, making sure that we, you know, in good areas to um, win balls, win balls back, win second balls. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, felt good having Dean behind there and, and with Reese alongside him as well. That's a, a great partnership that I think will um, put us in good position for the rest of the season. You move on now to Hamlet's on Saturday. You beat ten
0: nil last time, but they found a little bit of form, so there'll be no one taking that for granted, will there?
1: Yeah, not, not a chance. We're taking that for granted. The, the worst thing you can do after a big win is to, you know, slip up the following um, the following game. So we'll be switched on. We'll be um, we'll be prepared we'll go in Thursday train hard like always and uh, make sure that we're you know minds are on it for the, the game on Saturday Just finally
0: 1,800 people here today for uh, at this level of football that's unbelievable isn't
1: it? Yeah it's brilliant um, really really good and I think you know in the years to come if this club keeps going in the direction that it wants to go and um, then hopefully that's a, a good benchmark that's going to continue to grow so yeah it felt great you know massive shout out to the fans as well as always um, to have that many uh, you at know, Kent League's um, level is, is unbelievable. So he is appreciated from the players,
0: for sure. That was a good chat, that, Matt. And as I said to him there, he, he plays an important role in this Chatham side, doing the work that doesn't necessarily get any of the headlines. I, I wrote all of the headlines, but doesn't really get any of the headlines. But you need a player in there who's, who's happy to do the, the the dirty stuff, stick a foot in and play the balls about.
4: Everybody needs a water carrier, as uh, I think, was it Cantona I said about Didier Deschamps? Or oh, absolutely. When you look at the goals that these sco- sides scoring, they do need somebody just to, just to put a foot in, move the ball along, just break up when the, when you know if you're scoring that amount of goals, you're an attacking side. But somebody to, just to put his foot in, do a job and move it on from that. You know, and, and clearly, um, he's one of these players who quite enjoys doing that. He's breaking the play up, moving the ball on. He's the same one who's amazed at Mason and Margate, isn't he? So
0: that's the one. Yeah,
4: yeah, he, he's played with a high level as well. So going down there, they've got some, as he said. Real talented players in there, real flair players, but the hard work is probably done by him. And you probably look speak to the manager, he's probably the first name on a team sheet just break the play up and, and move it on. So, yeah, I think uh, doing a, a, a good job. Did I expect? I thought it was going to be a draw on
0: um, Monday. You were there, John. What was your overview view of the game? I think it. The right team won on the day. I think Sheppi really depleted. A lot of players out injured and, and COVID, I think, a, a couple of things. And the big miss for them was Jack Midson, who, uh, who who was unavailable uh, for the game. And he just offers them a different di- dimension going forward. Uh, Chatham, you know, the players that they've got in that front three, you know, Bradshaw had, had a decent game. Everyone knows my opinions on Ryan Hayes and, and his first, his, his Uh, play for the first goal was absolutely magnificent it was his corner for the second as well Uh, he had a really good game and I just thought you know I just thought Chatham always just about had the edge in it Uh, you know Sheffield United had a couple of penalty appeals um, hard to see if either of them really should have been given but they did have a massive chance at 1-0 a player went through just the keeper to beat and I had a great view of it I I stayed on the on I was next to the dugouts. I had a brilliant view of the chance and unfortunately whacked it far too close to the goalkeeper and and Andy Walker was able to make a a pretty comfortable save from what was a massive, massive chance. And I think that was probably the turning point, I suppose, in some ways in that he, you know, if that had gone in, it would have been a completely different game. But I just always felt Chatham had had another gear inside them. and, And I've seen a few Sheppard fans say, well, it mattered more to Chatham than it did to them. And, and that's possibly true. But it was a, it was a massive, massive result and, and a great atmosphere. A really good advert for, for the level of football as well. So, yeah, it, I thought it was a a fair result, but it was a nice day out. And I suppose that's the most important thing.
4: Yeah. 1800 there. Fantastic gate. Uh, what was the atmosphere like? Could you have got any more people in there, John? Or was that you think the limit they get in? Because it's a, quite a big ground there when you are thinking about it around the outside and edges.
0: It was one of those, really. I, I didn't feel like there were, what, six, seven hundred more people than we when we were there, uh, when we went to the, the final of the tournament back last summer. But I kind of I suppose where the problem lies is not um, getting more people in more more space. But I mean, that you know, there was more space. People could have been stood a bit you know you could have got more people in behind and everything like that but obviously the the biggest issue is is things like the toilets and the bars and everything like that and that's where it becomes a a a question mark because you you need to have everything in place and I think if you had any more people it might have been a bit more awkward uh with that sort of stuff if if that makes sense
4: yeah 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 but I'm really I must have been absolutely delighted with that with that crowd we thought I thought they'd get 1500 to be really good was there many from Was there?
0: Yeah a good a good band of of Sheppi United supporters are, uh, over there on that uh, that they sort of decided to huddle up behind one of the goals and and then Chatham supporters were behind the other and yeah they made a good noise throughout I think there was definitely plenty of people there from Sheppey and, and you know it, it was a, it was a good atmosphere I thought you know both teams um both teams played their part in, in a really good game and and you know with that sort of support and the way that they play, that there's no doubt that both of those sides can cope with the step up. And I suppose that's the most important thing because it looks like they're both, it looks like it's going to be two automatic promotion places from the Southern Counties EC Premier Division. Those two sides are, are well placed to, to secure them. And I think both on and off the pitch, they're, they're moving in the right direction.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, I think we know because of their, their record, is that why that we've made it all two from the division? I know you're the expert on these. Is it, is it, <laughs> Head-to-head head against other sides? Is it all points per game?
0: Yeah, it's going to be a points-per-game thing. I think it's going to end up... Because the original plan was that it would just be the winners would get promoted and then the team finishes second would play a playoff in the team, against the team from the league above. Uh, but because of various things in the leagues above, it now looks like I think the next six or seven second-place teams w- w- will get promoted on points per game. And the, our league is is obviously a very competitive one. And it does look like... Uh, that the, the, as things are at the moment, that would be one of enough to get an automatic promotion place. And that would be absolutely fantastic uh, if that does happen. And obviously, uh, as I mentioned to Geordie there in that interview as well, uh, they have kind of strengthened their squad as well with, with Danny Kedwell and and Dean Beckwith. And I thought it was really interesting uh, that Geordie said, you know, straight away, I felt a real difference with Dean Beckwith in there behind me. And, and I suppose in many ways, the signing of Kedwell is the one that will get the headlines but Beckwith will just offer them something else, won't he? And I think that that Nows at the back is going to be crucial in the next few weeks, months.
4: Well, yeah, 38-year-old player, he's had a very good, decent career, hasn't he? So, in the football league, um, clearly he was still doing playing for Cray. Um, probably we played a lot of games, probably for not as well last season. So, uh, just that little bit of Nows probably does. Again, probably doesn't need to run anymore, but it's all in his, in his head, and it's quite interesting what he said there. That he felt reassured with him behind, but probably because he's seen it all and brought the t-shirt, that's a a, a a signing that adds a little bit of facility, And probably he didn't really looking at their um, uh, goal tally. They didn't really need a, a any more goals, did they? With Kedwell, but Kedwell will be there for his experience as well um, from that. But Beckworth may be the key one, just to. If it does get a little bit dicey, just to calm it down at the back, or well, Kedwell's good to have from the bench, but they've got an attacking array of players, haven't they? And, and you know, look at it down the uh, Kent non-league scene, some absolute legends over the last decade or so playing in their squad. So if you're a Chatham fan, it must be absolute dream stuff for you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think with Kedwell, the thing is, is if they do find themselves they need a goal at, uh, at some juncture, I pretty much would back Ryan Hayes to stick the ball on Danny Kedwell's head and Danny, Hed- Danny Kedwell to head the ball home. You know, it, it's that kind of... It just gives him that, that little bit of extra. And, and you know, if, if there are injuries or anything like that, they've, they've got a great experienced player uh, to, to stand by. And, and I know... Um, kev hake said that you know danny is there as, as a player and just as a player but it was interesting to see when he was on the bench you know he wasn't afraid to to get his point across and everything like that and he was helping out with the warm-up and things like that so you know y- you've not just got a really experienced player but you've got someone who's got a little bit of knowledge to to help them out along the way as well and i think that's going to be crucial
4: yeah i think they're in a good position now lead table as we see it but again it, it clearly you know Danny kevwells Going to be paid. Dean Betwis going to be paid. But if you're getting 18, need 1900 people through the gates, plus the bar and the food takings, you can afford to do that. So um, strengthen while you're on top is probably the, the best thing, and they are strengthening that. They must have, you know, a really decent squad there. So you've got to say they're going to be favourites now.
0: Yeah, and obviously Tower Hamlets for them uh, at the weekend. And as I said to Geordie, there, you know, you may have won that game 10 nil, what six or seven weeks ago, but they found a little bit of form and. As he said, the result on Monday will mean nothing if they then fail to beat Tower Hamlets this weekend.
4: Yeah, right. On paper, they should easily beat Tower Hamlets. You know, the record is good this season. 18 wins out of 20 games. So I'm sure they're not going to rest on their laurels. And the experienced players are going to say, yeah, you've got to follow up the Sheppie win with a a result. And, And I'm sure they'll have too much for Tower Hamlets but clearly the players know they're on to a good thing this season they've got a good chance to be successful so I'm sure they'll be um, they'll, they'll take it seriously but they should have enough to beat them I'm sure Hamlets.
0: yes and uh, Sheppey United as well let's not forget them uh, after the game I spoke to their manager Ernie
2: Batten it was a great advert yes I- I'm disappointed um but performances are everything for me in football, you know, over the course of the seasons, how you perform over 38 games and I thought today we gave a good account of ourselves, you know, I thought the first half we were very, very good. I thought it was a little bit unfortunate to be 1-0 down, we, we had our chances and of course um, goals change football matches and you've got to score a goal to win a game um, and I thought that's just what we had missing today, you know, I think we, we did everything about right, you know, I couldn't have asked any more of the players on the day, but unfortunately we weren't great we were not able to turn our, our, our chances and our chances into goals and Chatham did that you know very very clinically and, and it that had was to be him as well didn't it, it? Be him, and yeah, you knew he was yeah. going to score
0: a goal and, and I suppose you're standing there saying goals change matches take your chances and
2: that's what Dan's done today that's what Dan does you know anything in the box you've got to you know as a, as a manager as a coach and that you know I mean Dan's you know I, I know Dan really well he's a fantastic lad um, he scores goals for fun you know and and you know, anything in the box like that? You've got to expect that. You know he's he's in there and he's going to be one of the players. You know competing to stick it in the back of the net. Uh, we, we know it's been a long time since you've lost the league game.
0: Uh, now you've got to bounce back because it, it, the whole season isn't defined by what's gone on here the last couple of hours. Is it?
2: Certainly not. No. I've, I've, you know I've said to the lads. You know they're all in there with their heads down and that. And I said to them, look. You know that's our first defeat. I think this the, the, the uh, our social media guy, uh, guy Lee was saying that's our first defeat in nearly three years. You know. So in in the league. Um, so what a credit to the players, you know, to come, you know, to to, to go that long and, and, and work that hard to get that. And I've just said to them, now we know we have to go on another run. You know, we've got to go there. We've got to get back on Saturday. And you know, if we was to lose on Saturday at the, but win here, what what does it matter? You know, you you've got to pick up the points and that in every game. And no matter who you're playing, um, you know, there's points to be won. And you're depleted at the moment as well, aren't you? And, and you're trying to gel some new players in. So I guess it's a, a, a bit of transition in the middle of the season for you. It is, yes. Yeah, we've been doing that most of the season. You know, we lost a few players in the summer um, and we had to quickly uh, try and recruit. Um, we think we've done that reasonably well, although we're always looking to improve. Um, so it has been an ongoing thing during the season. Um, but, you know, we're happy with the squad and that and, and, and hopefully, you know, we, we, we can carry on now and have a good second half. 1800 people in here today and
0: a notable band from the island as well who really did try to get behind you didn't
2: they yeah support are fantastic you know I mean to come here you would have thought this was a football league match today you know if you turned up and it was sort of Gillingham or a division one or two game you'd think yes you know this is where we're at but um, I can't speak highly enough the islanders Ireland, have come out and, and, and you know supported the club the re-emergence of the club really in their numbers and that and um it'll only get better you know it'll only get better if we can carry on and, and, and get ourselves in that league above um, then you're looking at you know, a lot of games with Sittingbourne Fabisham, Whitstable Ramsgate and, and Chatham maybe you know if we both go up um, and that and that's something that you know the club have committed to doing obviously you have halfway through the season at the weekend so you've seen pretty much everyone now are these are the best two teams in the league? I think so. I mean, I mean, you know, you, you, you I respect every team in this league, and and, 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 and um, you know, all games are difficult, um, and uh, but you know, Glebe gave us a great game the other week, and and, and they're a very, they're a good side. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a few sides at the top of this league that are very, very good, and, and I believe would be certainly in the top eight in the league above. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be two promotion places, doesn't it? So I guess that's your only focus now is finishing the top two. Come what may. Come what may, yeah, yeah, or came what April is it? <laughs> that's when the season ends. But um yes, I mean we, we you know we need to focus on, on, on winning the league. That that's 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 what we need to do. Um if, if we if we come second, um, you know, and we go up, yeah, that's that that's fine also. Um but it's a tough league, you know, and, and every game is 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 a hard game. We've we learned that last week at, 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 against K-sports and we've had some, you know, we've had some 2-1s, we've had some 1-0 games. Um, and and uh, you know over the course of a season, you, you you've just got to keep working hard and, and accumulate them points. And said on Saturday, who are one team in there that you sometimes never know what you're going to get from them. Sometimes they look really good, they get
0: good good results, and other times not so strong.
2: Well, I think that's a great point. You know, you you, you don't know, and you have to be prepared for it. And I mean, if you look at the teams like Krover, I think they're the form team in the league. I think they've won nine in a, eight Lost or a nine day, in a row. Lost today, that <laughs> no. well, they, they were going to weren't they? <laughs> Um But but no, and this is. This is what it, this is what football's all about you know and um, hopefully you know we just got to keep going now and, um, and, and and accumulate as many points as we can on the board and as you say come what may uh, getting them top two that would be the, the ultimate thing wouldn't it because I know you said before that in many ways it's a little bit harder in this division than it may
0: perhaps be in the, in, the, in the step above because everyone's trying to beat you you're one of the top teams and also
2: trying to attract players may be harder all them points are valid um, it, it is a tough I think Step Fires are recognised as being probably the toughest league to get out of you know because it, it is it is difficult you know it's the old Kent league as I remember it um, and, and, and we had the Ishmann league we had the Southern league in them days and they were the leagues that teams would aspire to, to be involved with um, we've got some very very good players committed to come here committed to get us into that league and when we're in there you know hopefully you know, a fair percentage will want to stay with us and, and go on um, but yeah, recruiting's difficult because, you know, where we are located wise, it's not the biggest area, catchment area for players. So, you know, we have to bring players in from other areas and that, and that's, that can be expensive, I like to say. Um, but, you know, the players we have got are very committed to us, and, um, you know, hopefully, as I said, we can go on and, 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 and get that promotion. I think he. he was pretty upbeat despite the defeat. He knew that they weren't at their
0: full strength. He knew that they were playing against a, a very good side. And I thought he, he spoke very well there, Matt.
4: I have to say he was very magnanimous and wasn't too down about the defeat there, as you would expect. You mentioned, is it 38 games since they last lost the league game? So he's not used to losing, but and I'm sure he said to his players, right, let's go again. We're good enough to get promoted out of the division. It's a tough game, as you said. They had a few injury problems and COVID issues. Um, pick yourselves back up um, and see what we can do. I, yeah, I have to say, one of the, the interview I came out across is a manager who, who, you know, who was quite upbeat that they lost in some sort of way. He wasn't, he never, never too high, never too low, but he really took it to the fore. And I thought it was quite a good interview, really, because thanks. He was. Um, Magnanimous in defeat, really, but not too down. If you know what I, you see yeah, what I'm I know you what from. you
0: mean. And I, I think it was, it, you know, it was kind of like, I think you could but look at the over the table. rivalry between the two clubs. He could have stuck the foot in, foot, foot in sort of thing, you know. Yeah, and I think if you look at the league table, there's seven points between the two teams now. But Sheppi have got those two games in hand, and I think it was it was a case of, well, yeah, we've lost, but it, it, it's. Only part of the, we're not even halfway through the season in terms of our league games yet. We're halfway through uh, come the weekend, so th- there's no point in getting carried away when you've just lost your, your first game in. I think the, the last defeat was in the, their last league defeat was in 2019. So that tells you how how long ago it's been. I mean, obviously there, there's been a lot on since then, but it does just go to show you that you know that there's there's plenty in them and kind of similar to what the discussion I had with Geordie earlier on. It's not necessarily. That those games against the teams at the top of the table that define your season. It's when you have to go and play the other teams, you've got to make sure you get results against them as well.
4: Yeah, you know, you know a tough game, as we mentioned there, beer in the middle of the table, tough game on Saturday, you've got to lift yourself up. Will it not the player's confidence? You know, in some ways, when you find that, when you do go lose a game after such a big run, you know, your confidence could be down a little bit Then you lose another one as well. But he, I'm sure he's going to say to the players when they do the training Tuesday and Thursday, whatever it is this week. Um, right, let's get, forget about that. Let's move on. Let's get back to the levels we were before um, and go from there. You know, looking at the results, as he said there, they've won a few games late on, 1-0. So you know, maybe they need to get back on the, on the horse a little bit. Disappointing result, but I'm sure Ernie, you've seen it all before, knows, right, let's get back on there. All we can do is win games. And they've won... 15 out of their 18 games. They carry that on to the end of the season. They're going to get promoted. So they don't really technically need to worry about Chatham anymore. It's probably worrying about themselves, isn't it? Right. They know what they've got to do in the remaining half of their games. If they replicate what they've done in the second half they've done in the first, they're going to be more than than enough, isn't
0: it? Yeah. And in some ways, I think it actually helps these two teams that they haven't got to play each other again now. This is it. You know, that they've... They know what they've got left to face. Uh, and, you know, I, I thought he was very honest when I said, right, w- was that the best two teams in this league? And he said, yeah, I think it is. You know, uh, and they are the the, the best two. I, I know that Irith Town have had a good season, but they, they had a little stutter of late. Obviously, you can't rule Glebe out, even though they've had a little bit of a stutter as well. You know, there's they, still teams up there and, and there are still tough fixtures to come. So it is important for, for Sheppie that they get back on the horse this weekend. And, you know, beasted at home. They'd have looked at that one and thought, well, that's a game that we should be winning. So they've got to go out there on Saturday and, and do their thing, haven't they?
4: Yeah, yeah, And I'm sure um Midson just was unav- unavailable, was he? Midson. I saw on the team, it's quite surprised he wasn't playing, he was just unavailable, was he?
0: Um so yeah, he was just uh, unavailable. And he's you know, it makes a difference um for Sheffield well, United like to Beckwith have the him fact, there with you know, his now. experience we talk about with Danny Kebwell can yeah. bring to Chatham. Well, Jack Midson does already bring that to Sheppard United and he is the focal point of their team. And, you know, I've, I've seen a few games of Sheppard United and and I must say, um, every time I've seen him before Monday, Billy Bennett has been exceptional. Uh, but I think he found it really tough going, uh, on, on Monday. I think that they, they possibly managed to, to quell him quite well, uh, did, did Chatham. And and I think that was, that was a big part for it because he, he, for me is one of their key men and, and he found it really, really tough. And, and, yeah, you know, it was a bit it just was frustrating, a bit of walking wounded and everything like that. And, you know, you, you kind of felt a bit sorry for Sheppie United because they were giving their all, but they were just lacking a little bit of spark on the day. But we know they're a good side, we know they can bounce back, and we know they're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season.
4: Yeah, yeah, I am absolutely convinced about you know, even though the other results, you know, teams can still catch them, they know what they have to do these so And I think your point there. They don't they need don't to worry about each other anymore. They should right. They know if they can play to the levels they have before, they're both going to get promoted. So it's it, it's probably worked out well. The New Year game, very big crowd um, for that division. But probably better than they're not playing each other three games before because all the everybody will be looking at that game. But they can just worry about themselves and then see if they can win those games to get promoted.
0: Of course, there were other games in the Southern Counties East League yeah. as well yeah. on Monday. Uh, so it was Beersted 2, Canterbury City 2, uh, Irith Town 1, Wellingtown 2. Great result, that for Wellingtown, coming from behind to win that one. Uh, Tower Hamlets, as I said, found a bit of form. Uh, they scored in the 97th minute to beat Irith and Belvedere by three goals to two. Uh, it was Fisher 2, Krober and Neil. And two Matt Two nil-nil draws, more in the first match day of 2022 than there had been in the entirety of 2021 in the Southern Counties E.C. Hollins and Blair against Kennington, Punjab United against Glee, both finished goalless. Uh, Rustle, 3-2 winners at Homesdale and Deal Town started the year with a 4-0 win at K-Sports, so still going well uh, for Steve King and his side Uh, in the Premier Division this weekend. Of course, there are fixtures. Uh, Canterbury City at home to Erith and Belvedere. It's Chatham against Tower Hamlets, as you've already heard. Punjab United travel to Crowborough, Erith Town against Kennington. It's Glebe against Wellington. Holmesdale against Deal Town. K-Sports take on Hollands and Blair. Lordswood host Rustle. Sheppey United against Beers, as we have already mentioned. And Tunbridge Wells are at home to Fisher. Uh, into the Southern Counties East League First Division. Uh, where the top of the table crash finish all square in that one. Uh Stansfield two, Sutton Athletic two. Uh really good game that one by the sounds of it as well on Monday. So uh, that's good signs for both of those two sides. Elsewhere, Brighton Ropes one, SC Thamesmead four, Croydon tooting beck 1, FC Elmstead beat Meridian VP by a goal to nil. Lockfield and New High, 4 nil winners at Faversham Strike Force, United 2, Rochester United 3, and Snodland 3, Lidtown 1. Um on the first day of 2022. fixtures this weekend in that division, it's Chesterton Hook against FC Elmstead, Football United against Croydon, Larkfield and New Hyde against Westside, Lewish and Borough against Faversham Strikeforce, Lidtown against Forest Hill Park, Brilliant VP against Greenways, Rochester United against Bride and Ropes, a 2 pm kickoff as SC Thamesmead host Snodland Town. Sutton Athletic against Staples Monarchs and Tooting Beck against Stansfeld. Next midweek, just some scaffold challenge cup fixtures in a London senior trophy game uh, for anyone to worry about. Uh, the only teams in our patch that played twice over the weekend were the ones in the Isthmian League. Uh, two fixtures for each of those sides uh, on New Year's Day and on Monday as well. So lots of football going on for those teams. Uh, Big winners in the Isthmian Premier Division over the weekend were Margate. Two fantastic results for them. A 4-2 win at Bowles and Pitsy on Monday. But I think everybody was a little bit more excited about their result on Saturday when they beat Folkestone and Invicta by three goals to one. And, and we, we said last week about Margate finding a little bit of form and, and it seems to have continued. And, and they will have started 2022 thinking they're in a really good place, Matt. Scoring goals as well, which I think was always a
4: concern earlier part of the season. Eight, Seven goals in the last two games beating Folkestone. Um, I think Neil Cugley said that Margate, as we, a bit like what we said, you know, win one week, then lose the next. But back-to-back wins, get some on the outskirts of the playoffs. Looking at that, quite a tight table, a couple more wins because they can really cement themselves in that playoff. So, yeah, really good. I'm pleased for Jay Saunders. He's sort of ch- changed the team around. Ben, Green- ben Greenhalgh is still doing the business, isn't he? Scoring a lot. He's the key man for them, scoring goals. Um, yeah, I think... Jay Saunders, you know, we know he can pick out a player and he's really got Margate rocking at the moment. So I'm, I'm really pleased for Margate because there's always had some ups and downs over the last th- few years or so. Um, and you look at it, you know, Folkestone, we know what Folkestone have had a great season. But Margate, carry on this form. If they can show this consistency, now they've got to follow that, get two wins. They've got two wins, decent wins. Make it three, make it four. Just get that confidence going. But I'm sure Jay Saunders is absolutely delighted with their start to the year. By start
0: and end. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, and and this is the this is a good time to pick up for because the games do come uh, thick and fast. Uh, also on Saturday, East Thurrock United was the destination for Cray Wanderers in their first game since Danny Kidwell's departure. A great result for them as they won three uh, one to move out of the relegation places uh, and a really good start. And then on uh, Monday, it went goal crazy for Cray Wanderers. A four four draw with Enfield, who are fourth in the table. Uh, an absolute cracker of a game that one, Matt.
4: Yeah, I was Enfield. They've got the guy that a lot of teams are after, Fowle, I think it is. He didn't score in any of those games. And Enfield have got some good players, but some yeah game. It hasn't really changed the squad. And they've got a Grant Bassey, is not it? Matt, the coming as
0: Bassey, yeah, with he, uh, with yeah. Gary Alexander alongside him as well. Yeah,
4: Grant Bassey rings a bell from somewhere. I'm trying to think where he was. But, um, he was at I Charlton, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, Gary Alexander, we know he knows a bit about this level and the level below, really, and all the levels. Very experienced. Player, so haven't really changed the squad around. Maybe just a fresh eyes on it, fresh voices, and Kreya scoring goals. But yeah, sounds an absolute cracker in midweek. But I still think they've got enough quality in that squad to move out of the um, out of the drop zone in in quite a tight division, really. So yeah, i would be interested to see if they keep st- if they keep that job because we thought it'd be a a good job for a couple of people to get involved in Kent football in there. So Gary Alexander, of course, his son plays at the same ground with a. Uh, with Bromley, he um, was at Glee, wasn't he? So sure uh, he'd be trying to get involved as well. We'll just see how they get on, but a decent start anyway. Scoring goals, which is the most important thing, cause that's been a problem for them.
0: Yeah, and as you say, looking at the league table, that they are, you know, they are a couple of wins away from being thirteenth. You know, that yeah. if they can, they've got games in hand on many of the teams above them. So being where they are, but I think they just needed to arrest the slide because they weren't in yeah. it, it, in good form. So, but you know that. They're up to, in those two games, they've scored seven goals. They're up to 30 goals now. You know, that that, that does make a difference. It just pushes, it, pushes them up the table. And if you look at the teams that are around them, Brighton Sea Region, East Thurrock, and Leatherhead, uh, their goal difference is all in the minus 30s. So th- mm. that is worth a point to Gray Wanderers because there's only minus 13. So that that's a really positive start for them. Uh, I, I mean, even though they were twice pegged back from two goals up in that game on Monday, when you're playing a team like Enfield, have got the goal-scoring talent that they've got. That That's a really positive result. Yeah, I,
4: positives and negatives to take when you're two goals up in both games, maybe you haven't got enough to see the game out. But I think there's enough in that squad to move them away from this division. And as I say, scoring goals is, is going to be key for them. And clearly, they've don't know if it's a change of formation or whatever, but scoring goals in that game, because they've got a lot of quality, the likes of Reason and Cook and, and Dixon in front, who would score... Scores at every level. So, yeah, I think um, plenty to work with over the next uh, few months for Craig was Interesting to see if he keeps the job. He's, I don't know he's not, how long he's there for. Just We don't really know. He's just an interim, isn't it? Interim manager at the moment.
0: Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, elsewhere on Monday, folks in to 3 0 winners over bottom of the table. Leatherhead uh, seven points behind Worthing, though, uh, despite Worthing losing uh, their game on Monday. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, uh, Margate are on the road to Leatherhead. Uh, Cray Wanderers also away from home as they go to Potter's Bar and a hat trick uh, of away trips, actually, as uh, Folks and in Victor travel to face Horsham. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, Margate are away again as they go to take on uh, Potter's Bar uh, in a rearranged fixture. So we shall see how so those.
4: Look at that, Margate. I didn't know they were playing Leatherhead. Leatherhead's home record is even worse than Dover's. They played wow. 12 home games and lost 11. So really, this is the kind of game that Margate. Would you think, ooh, a few they've got to beat Leatherhead, haven't they? Really, just to go, they've got to go into that game with confidence, and that gives them another thing. Potter's Bar game not pulling up many trees this time next week when we call the pod, John. Margate could be uh, well ensconced in the playoffs because you can, you think the quality they've got, they can beat both those teams.
0: You would think so, yeah, absolutely. We should but we should keep an eye on that. And and, and the thing is like everything, you can't afford to take anything for granted. So they've got to go there and just be professional and try and get as good a result yeah. as they can. So well, uh,
4: well, if we can, well maybe we'll try and get Jacob Sorners on next week to try and see what the
0: uh, the magic he's doing. Absolutely. Uh, into the Istman League Southeast Division where plenty of uh, movement at the top, but uh, not in the right direction if you're Cray Valley, who's uh, poor on the form has continued as they lost three-nil. Uh, at home to VCD on New Year's Day. And then 3-2 at Burgess Hill uh, on Monday, a game that they led 2-0 and they were still in front in stoppage time uh, before losing that game. And all that has meant that Cray Valley, who were the league leaders uh, when I saw them nine days ago, are now down in fourth place uh, in the table uh, with Ashford second, Hern Bay third and Hastings United uh, currently top of the table. But Hern Bay have had a good... Uh, festive period, Ashford as well. Uh, we will run through the rest of the results uh, for you now, in fact, from the Isthmian League Southeast Division. Uh, on New Year's Day, it was Ashford 2, Faversham 2. Herne Bay were 2-1 winners at Hythe. Corinthian 1-0 victors at Phoenix Sports. It was Sittingbourne 1, Sevenoaks nil, and Ramsgate won by 4 goals to 1 uh, as they took on Whitstable. And then on Monday, it was Corinthian nil, Haywards Heath nil. Faversham one, Whitstable two, Herne Bay one, Sittingbourne one, Phoenix Sports were two nil winners at Lansing, uh, Ashford were three two winners at Ramsgate. Uh, we'll talk about that one a little bit more in a second. Uh, it was Seven Oaks three, Hythe Town one, VCD two leaders, Hastings two, uh, and of course the other game in the East Midlands South East, the only one that anyone is really talking about was the Whitehawk against the Three Bridges game. Have you seen about that one, mate?
4: I did see the. Um... The highlights that have gone uh, viral, as the kids say, wasn't it? Yes, um, uh, five red cards in that game, uh, including. Because in a couple of each you... No, Layton. He was one of that got sent off. I quite. He right, was.
0: He he was hard done by actually, because he was sent off in in the big dust up, and his it was silly to react like he did, but the the level of contact with the person who, who he gave a gentle slap to, and the reaction was was something else. But I've watched the whole nine minutes highlights of that. Uh, I've got no idea how that game finished one nil. I've got plenty of idea how it finished eight aside against nine aside. But honestly, the chances that were spurned in that game, and the penalty appeals and everything, it was a an absolutely incredible game. Um, so yeah, yeah so the, 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 the challenge of that bloke um, <laughs> on the halfway line that was
4: how he how he um,
0: that was a red thought. card. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that, that was that was good. Going back to the Craig, I see Cray had two sent off as well in that game. Yep. Against Burgess Hill. Yeah. I might have a look yeah. at the highlights on that one as well. I'm sure Kevin, Kevin Watson, I bet he was distraught about that. Yeah. You know, We mentioned we saw, spoke to the um, Tommy Osborne last week and he thought they were in a bit bad run of form. But that's really, you know, gone off the boil there. And I see Kevin James has left the club as well. He mentioned on social media today um, that he'd left. He was part of the management team, I think, wasn't he?
0: A yeah, he bit was. Chemistry. I mean, it's no league wins in five games for Cray yeah. Valley, and that, that's not the sort of form that you can afford uh, to to take on at, the, at this stage, you know, and and the team that they've lost to, you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be losing to Lansing, VCD and Burgess Hill, especially Lansing, who are even below them in the form table. You know, it, yeah. it, it really is a... a they're in a little bit of a of a funk at the moment, I suppose you could say. And and they need to find a, a way out of it. And they probably need to find their way out of it pretty quickly because Hastings are going like a train at the moment. And and that's the, the issue for them, isn't it? They they can't afford to let Hastings run away with it. Uh, and that that's something they've got to be very careful about.
4: Hastings get good crowds as well, one of the from that, yeah.
0: 2,000 there on uh, yeah. uh, when they were at home the other day on New Year's Day.
4: So but again, still a t- it's still a tight division. You're only five points off the top. And if you can get some form back going, um, you're going to be OK. But a very tight division in there. But fair play to Ashford United and Hern Bay as well. Hern Bay could be a Ryman Premier League club. What a job. Um, Ben's there. Timmy Dixon doing great, great work for them there. I, I, am I saying that's nosebleed territory for Herne Bay? A little bit. Was that a bit harsh?
0: Well, no. I mean, it's it's been a work in progress for, for a long time. But, you know, if... If you look at where they've come from, that it is a massive achievement for Herm Bay to be where they are. Massive, and massive. you know, that they do get good crowds in, they do get well supported and everything like that. But this is yeah, this is I wouldn't say necessarily nosebleed territory, but this is big for them, and it's up to them now to, to keep their cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. They're in a good position, very good position. Got some good players in that squad as well. Um, we know the likes of Zach has scored... Carrington's been there. Ramadan's been down there. So really brought a good squad together. Um, great attendance against Sittingbourne the Derby 600. Um, yeah, uh, got to keep it going. But I think it'll be interesting to see if they can. But a really good division for our Kent sides this year.
0: Well, just finally, before we move on from, from this division, uh, the Ashford against Ramsgate game, well, Ramsgate against Ashford, more than a thousand people uh, at that one as well. Uh, Gary Lockyer, Friend of the show finding some form there with with two goals, including the winner. Uh, there was a penalty decision in that game, uh, which put uh, Ashford two goals to one up. Uh, and the defender Jake McIntyre was sent off for continuing the penalty. And obviously Jake is a little bit biased, but he did tweet out uh, a video clip of the of the penalty incident uh, in which he was talking about the uh, the, the foul and, and the red card. And yes, he's very biased, but I think having watched that clip, he probably had a point. It was a uh, quite a decision. It looked to me like the, the striker, I think it might have been Gary Lockyer, was through on goal uh, and had a shot and then there was there didn't seem to be a lot of contact but the referee decided it's a penalty. He, he didn't dive. The referee's just given a penalty and, and sent off uh, Jake McIntyre and I think that was a, a pretty pivotal moment in that game so a uh, frustrating one for Ramsgate who, who I feel for Ramsgate at the moment because it's just not clicking for them M- much like VCD but that they're, they're conceding too many goals, Ramsgate. That's their issue, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I think think they're top scorers in the league. I think Ramsgate as well with forty-seven. So they know where the back of the net is. Yeah, again, great crowd again. Um, Again, is it for them over the last few years? They're a a team in progress because they've been at the wrong end of the table. They're getting good crowds now. Just trying to get that next next level. But if they can win games, they can do. But they're competing against other sides. But That's a massive win for Ashford there, you have to say that. And maybe the game changed on the sending off, but um, I'm pleased for Gary Lockie. But Ramsgate are doing well. Again, if you'd offered them in the playoffs at the start of the season, they would probably take it. So uh, I think the sixth place where they are at the start of the year. I think it's very good for them and can only grow. And if they can grow as well as they are off the pitch, some good times coming back to Ramsgate.
0: Yes, let's move on to the National League South then, where uh, Maidstone's still sitting pretty at the top of the table. uh, 2-0 win for them over Tunbridge Angels uh, on Sunday, which was the day they played. A massive result for them, uh, just continuing their good run of form. And the other big game uh, was the Kent dial between Ebb's Fleet United and Dartford. And it was Ebb's Fleet who took the spoils uh, with a a 1-0 win, a late goal. And I did see, Matt, a few people on social media asking some questions about Dartford, who... Looked untouchable at the start of the season, and all of a sudden it, it's looking pretty, pretty worrying for, for them, isn't it? Yeah, I need to speak to the guy I work with.
4: Actually, I need to give him a ring. Uh, he's out on the road, who supports Dartford, because then the last time I spoke to him, they were, you know, riding high on the crest of a wave. They won them. they win eight of their first nine games. I'm trying to think. Something like that.
0: Wrong. I mean, they won eight of their first nine, something like that, and then they had a little bit of a stutter. Then they won a couple. Now it's three again. Uh, without a win, uh, two defeats and a draw in there. And they've dropped from being top of the league. They're now fifth. They're five points behind the leader's mainstone. Granted, they've got a game in hand. But you do worry that Dartford... Did they peak too soon? I, I, I just don't know. And, you know, the first time I've, I've ever really seen on social media people saying, well, you know, it's, it, should questions be being asked about Steve King? I don't think they should be because he's done a great job to get them there. He's experienced... He, he knows how to cope with the the business end of the season, but it's a worrying state of affairs for them at the moment.
4: Well, they were running away with it at the start of the season. It, normally he's, he's a manager who tinkers a lot, brings players in and he has done a little bit. He's got the guy from Torquay Cabala, I think who's quite decent. So he is tinkering around with a little bit. See, Ronnie Vint was back in the side as well. So <laughs> one of these things, have they got too many players as well? So he's, It's easy to tinker when you've got that a lot of big squad that he's trying to make people happy. It will be. It is a disappointing run for them, but in a tight division, probably it's still a long way to go in this division. So they've got the quality. Interesting. Steve King knows this, but playoffs has always been his way. He's never won this division. If you'd have told me in November that Dartford would be fifth, five points behind Maystone when I saw Maystone lose this now and Dartford would, were in good form, I would have been, I'd probably laughed at you, really. But fair play to Maystone. They turned it around completely on their recent run of form. I think six wins on the spin. A lot of them have been Kent derbies, And we, as we said, if you win your Kent derbies in this division,
0: you're going to be up there at the top of the division because there's so many of them against some really decent sides. And I guess if you're a Dartford fan and you are thinking, well, things aren't looking great at the moment, have a look at the Gallagher Stadium where yeah. it was, as you say, six weeks ago, it was desperate there and, and things yeah. were looking really, really bleak. And now all of a sudden they're t- they're two points clear at the top of the table and they're in a, a an unbelievable run of form. So it, it is just a, a little bit of a blip and, and I'm sure Steve King has got it in him to, to help turn it around.
4: It's amazing when you look at the form in some of these tables. Maystone probably needed to win six on the spin to go top of the table because... They were so well, but nobody's really being consistent. I see Dorkin are coming to the party a little bit now, which would be a concern um, for our Kentish sides. But six wins on the spin, whatever level, is really good. Scoring goals and not conceding goals, and the Gallagher is—it's back to the levels of when Jay Saunders was manager. The, the feel-good factor, and that could be so crucial for for myself. I think was it the record crowd, three thousand one hundred. You know, if they do well, that's a juggernaut. That club, it really, really is. Um, hopefully, they haven't peaked too soon. But six wins on the spin have completely turned it around for them. I, th- I think they went six without a win from there. So I don't know what a turnaround is, but fair play to Hacking Aretin because, I, as I keep saying when I went to slow, I couldn't see it. You know, he wasn't the most popular man at the Gallagher that day, but now um, he, he's getting to the levels of Chase Orders if he carries on like this.
0: Yeah, interesting, uh, Daniel Storey, friend of the show, long-time listener, uh, was at that game on Sunday, and he was at the game uh, with me on Monday, so I was chatting to him uh, then, and he went to another game on Monday as well. He's football mad, that boy. Um, But anyway, juggernaut is what you said there, and and we were saying, you know, that they've got the potential at Maidstone United to to really push on. I think you said on the show a couple of weeks ago that of the Kent non-league teams, they've always looked the ones best placed to really push on and try and get back into the Football League for them. And I think as you say, if they're playing well, they're getting results, putting some good football in, people will be packing into the Gallagher every match day. So, and and then that just gives them a massive lift from there. And, And yeah, they're scoring goals, but they've, got 33 in their 19 league games which isn't a massive amount really but they're also not conceding. Uh, Only Dartford have conceded as few which is 18. Dartford have only scored 31 so that kind of shows where where Dartford are coming unstuck at the moment, just not scoring enough Um, but you you just look at it and you think Maidstone, uh, the way they've turned it around is absolutely incredible and that is anyone in that division should know that there's a chance they could do exactly the same so if you are a Dartford fan and you're worried as I say, just look at the Gallagher uh, and see what's happening. Another good result uh, on Sunday came for Welling United. Uh, they've been up and down at the moment. Uh, they've, they've struggled a bit uh, in recent weeks, but they had a really good result, ending their losing uh, streak with a 1-0 win at Dulwich Hamlet. And after the game, uh, Peter Taylor spoke to Radio Wings, who very kindly shared this interview with us. So here is the Welling United boss, uh, Peter Taylor, speaking to Nigel Jones from Radio Wings.
3: I couldn't be happier uh, on the performance. I think the players worked so well as a group. Uh, they really did help each other. They showed bravery on the ball uh, and we at times had to defend very well. Still times where we lost the ball and, 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 and give Dunnies a chance which you mustn't do because they're such a big team. Uh, but overall I couldn't be happier. Uh, I'd first start to say probably our best performance of the season. Yes, yeah. as I say it's been a difficult start for the boys and and, and that's where I felt from a little bit because we're a young group uh, and then we're playing in games that are like massive cup finals because it's so important, We don't want to get relegated so at the start of every match is a nervous situation but you know, when they then start right And it stays nil-nil for a while. I think their confidence grows, and then all of a sudden we start to see what they're capable of. Today we defended better, but also I think we showed that we can pass the ball at the right times in the right areas, uh, and we've done that well today. And obviously, Friday I was at training watching you train, and you've done the short passing, like you know, keeping possession, holding formation, which is what we did today. We looked solid at the fact, You know, yes, they did have some chances but we look solid. They have trying to draw us out of position, but we were solid as a unit. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're right, and I think that they did they, work extremely hard on the things that we've been giving them. Uh, to come to Dulwich away from home, um, the way that they're going, because they've got a very strong squad, to then get a clean sheet, you're always going to have chances. That you know, They're always going to have chances. They play anybody here, and they will create chances. So in that respect, you do need that little bit of luck that, one doesn't drop in so and, and we had that but second half I felt as a Addy uh, and Dippo also could have, could have got another goal and then it would have been much easier. Obviously Dippo got the winning goal, he was absolutely outstanding on top of the day. Yeah he's been, he's been brilliant, he's worked very very hard at his fitness, uh, he's been really good to work with, uh, he's been a bit uh, unlucky with the, the little injury that he got before the Billerick or Braintree game, whatever it was. Uh, but he's working exceptionally hard. And, uh, but, but all of them today, honestly, I thought a lot of the players, as you say, it was a good performance. I think a lot of the players had their best game since I think. And now we move on to next week and you've been in the game long enough to know, like you know, it's important to build on that. And a tough game next week against St Albans, but after today's performance, going into it's possibly full of confidence, I've looked at Yeah, well, I, I think we'd be looking forward to it more. You know, all of a sudden you're playing at home. If we hadn't got the result today, it would have been a more pressure game again. But again, with St Albans, we've got to do what we did today, show the opposition a great deal of respect, but match them in every way. Don't show no fear, but match them. And I, and I think that's what we've done. That's what we've got to do now Saturday. And obviously more work on the training ground. Was that Tuesday, back for training on? Tuesday? Tuesday and Thursday. They were disappointed when I said that. As if they thought they are going to get a day off, but no chance.
0: Well, we've been talking about teams scoring and conceding goals, Matt. The the, the problems for Welling United are, are pretty clear. Uh, 18 goals scored, 46 goals conceded. Uh, only three teams have scored fewer and no one's conceded more. So to go to Dulwich Hamlet and win 1-0, that is an absolutely brilliant result for them.
4: Yeah, he sounded a relieved and very pleased man, Peter Taylor there. I think it was his, he's 69 now. I think it's his birthday this week. So happy birthday to Peter Taylor. I don't know if he listens, but... Um, there Imagine you go. This but, week, yeah. he's on
0: it.
4: So, yeah, 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 well, exactly. Yeah, but, uh, I think, yeah, it was, it was a good result. I think they've got the basis of a good squad. And Peter Taylor clearly is a manager who's going to get them organized, a young team. Um, and I think you said last week you, you thought he was under pressure a little
0: bit, wouldn't he? Yeah, and I job. think he, he yeah, I, th- I think, I think there was some, I mean, they'd lost four games in a row, so. You know where do you where where do you go from there? So you know, but it, and I think, but you could see as you say, relieved is is exactly the word there, and and that is that is the sort of result that could kickstart something really special for Welling.
4: Yeah, and again, I still don't think they'll go down because there's only one going down. So and I think Peter Taylor's got enough quality in either with the squad he's got or to bring players in to get them away from that. And and again, it's all about rebuilding for next season for Welling to see what they get, if they can keep these players. Given these players, the young players, you know, three quarters of a season at this level can be so important going ahead for their careers for next season if they can keep it. So, I still said last week, Peter Taylor, you know, he's still got the hunger for it at 69 years of age. Um, He found quite upbeat in that interview. So, I I think it's, it's a hell of a result because Dulwich are doing very well getting the sort of same gates as, as Maidstone. Um, yeah, I think a good result for Wellington but now they've got to follow it up by be, being a little consistent. You know, what he could probably do with, you know, a couple of, couple of draws, keep a couple more clean sheets so you don't lose matches. Just build on that confidence from that game against Dulwich. Because again, like we said in other teams, it's OK beating Dulwich, but now they've got, I think said they've got St. Albans this weekend, which is a, a tough game. But just follow that up again. Just try and get, you know, keep a clean sheet, you won't lose. So I'm sure Peter Taylor's drilling that into the players. And it's good of him as well to say to the players, you've got Tuesday and Thursday training, not give him any time off, got to work hard to uh, to move up that table.
0: Yeah, and in Dipo Akiniemi, I think they've got a really good player yeah. there as well. All reports are there, that he's very handy and that's the sort of player that that can just give them a real boost.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Last season he scores goals, so you give him the service, he's proven at this level. Yes. Uh, I suppose we haven't really rip- talked about Ebbsfleet. Good result. I was going to oh, well. you know, that
0: was exactly what I was about to say. We didn't really talk about Fleet because Ebsfleet, yeah. they're up to second after that win. Yeah. Four games unbeaten for them now. Uh, and, and they'll be feeling positive because that's a, a, a big win to beat Dartford. There was a bit of uh, kneeling there. And I did see a funny tweet as well, uh, which I'm sure Ed is behind, but uh, it was the the crowd was too bigger than the last time they played Dartford. He said, thanks to those two people who turned up. That was really, really, really appreciated that. So, but yeah, a, a brilliant result for them. And, and, you know, they're only two points behind Maidstone with a game in hand. I would still say if someone put a gun to my head and said, who's going to win it or who's going to be the top of the Kent sides, I think I'd still say Absolute United, Matt.
4: Yeah, I think I think Chaz on the radio said a stat from there. Dennis Katri, when he loses to a team... He learns from that. And the next time they play each other, he beats them. So I think um, he's tactically very astute, I think, probably, and knows probably he's seen enough of this division now. Probably played a full season if you've had the games in from last season as well, where they're up to. Um, I think he's got a level head. Um, Will he be able to handle the pressure when the games get coming thick and fast and it's going to get really tight at the top? Maybe his calmness could be key for Epstein. But a good result against Dartford, you know, you know, we mentioned the problems at Dartford, but Epstein, unbeaten in four, three wins out of four, keep showing that consistency because, you know, they lost a couple of games before that, didn't they? So my concern was them that maybe they've got, maybe had a bit of a soft underbelly, but I think they've got a manager who's who's quite screwed up, head screwed on and quite tactically astute. And I think he, he will enjoy the the battles ahead against the, the sides, the, the mind games when this division starts really coming to the fore. But if it carries on like this, this it's going to the end, it's going to the wire, this division. Um, and it's who can hold their nerve the most. And probably, I I, th- I thought it would be Dartford when you said, because at the start of the season, they were banging the goals in. Now they're struggling for goals. But Ebsleet, yeah, I've got a funny feeling for Ebsleet somewhere down. There. Ebsleet and Dawkin, that's what I think could be the ones in this division. I think the likes of Oxford. And Dulwich may slip out of it. If it was from up to me and you, I would say that Maidstone and Dartford would be in the playoffs and absolutely or Dorkin are going for the title. That's what I'm thinking at the moment. Mm.
0: Uh, this weekend, it's bottom against top as Maystone travelled to face Billericay. Uh, here's a game for you then, Matt, as you've just been discussing it. Dartford against Dulwich Hamlet uh, on Saturday. Uh, it's right, also Hemel Hempstead against Ebbsfleet. Tunbridge Angels at home to Hungerford. And as you've already heard, Welling against St Albans. Uh, so some more big games to come. I suppose we uh, haven't talked about Tunbridge as well. You know, it's only three wins out of 18.
4: we only saying one going down, but they're only four points off the bottom now. So haven't won in... Seven is it six or seven? There will all be a little bit of concern at Tunbridge, but I think the fans are behind them. Fans are behind the manager, so that's probably crucial to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure that they once they get one win, I think a couple more will come. And they have had a tough run of fixtures. You know, it's it's tough to play a rampant Maidstone twice over yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Bank Holiday, and that and that's where this sort of thing doesn't really help, does it? And and they you know they had a, a game they should have been down at Eastbourne in between where they might have fancied their chances. That one got called off you know so it's it's very very difficult for them but um I'm sure Steve McKim would will, will be able to turn that around for them uh, in that that just leaves us with the national league uh, the game between uh, Bromley and South End was called off due to covid uh, which just leaves Dagenham Redbridge against Dover um any regular listeners of the show you can probably work out what happened if you don't already know uh, Dover lost uh, 3-1 at Dagenham and But again, Matt, there, there were signs, weren't there, that, that this isn't as bad as it looks, I suppose.
4: It's the same old first half an hour. We look in the game. We take a couple of chances. You've got to take those chances. It doesn't. We give away one half decent goal. Curled it in the corner. Good finish. Then another decent chance to equalise. We missed that. Then Dagenham scored second, where everybody just basically parted in the Red Sea, let him in to, to score. Um, I was, but then we've got Pavey up front. Pavey can't, his legs are gone, so you can't tell him to chase that over the top. But if you put the ball in the box with a decent cross, he'll get on the end of it. And, and he did, and he got one back in it. Again, Dover looked, oh, we've got a chance here. And again, then they give away another sloppy goal. So it, it's very frustrating. It's up to 26 now. Uh, 20, I think it's 19 or 20. I've lost count away games without a win. haven't kept a clean sheet in those games. So, um, yeah. Am I demoralised? I am a little bit demoralised because, you know, it's the same old mistakes week in, week out. Again, the endeavour and the commitment, you can never... I know that you can never... The games I've seen, Dover have um, they've, they've carried on giving their all, which, which is they could easily just give up, but they're not. But they haven't got the quality. Quality in the final third to take a chance in this tough division, and they're punished if you switch off at the back. So and from them with Notts County at the weekend, who are on a juggernaut, have got goal scores coming out of their ears, um, it will be tough, but normally Dover do well against the better sides. Um so we can see what am doing. But, um, yeah, it's there's not much more I can say, really, is there? No. 26 games um, without a win. Um, it's just, it's just bleh. I don't really know what to say, really, so um, on that. But same old, same old, mate. But the, the satisfaction will be when we finally get a win. And it could happen Saturday, but you never know. You just have to. Wasn't
0: it last last season, didn't you play Notts County, first game of the season, everyone was expected to get hiding, and you beat them? 1-0, we did, that last-minute goal from Ransom, so um, if you'd offered me that now, John, I would take it. Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, Bromley also (laughs) in action this weekend as they host Solihull Moors, so you're all up to date uh, with everything there. We've been chatting for a long time here, mate, but uh, lots and lots to to reflect on and, and it has been a great start to the year. So some of our teams will be looking at it thinking it wasn't the best. Uh, but how we how was your New Year's Eve? Because I know you were planning to go to bed at ten o'clock. Was it was that how it ended up? Uh, it was. Well, was just one final thing about
4: before we go into that, I have to say the gates that some of the Kent sides have been getting has been phenomenal. I think across the non-league board, the crowds are really really high at the moment, aren't they? So I don't know if, if people have found a love of non-league football because of COVID or they don't want to go to the the cost of the Big games just setting them back, but keep it up. And the love of non league football is is really coming good at the moment for all our sides in Kent. So some really healthy crowds. So I hope people are enjoying their football, which is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, and of course the eighteen hundred uh, people there is higher than uh Chatham is higher than Dover's highest attendance of the season so far. Well, yeah, probably will not will
4: probably beat that, which the level they are at, which is very good for Chatham, not very good for Dover. So
0: one club going in one direction. Well, I'll
4: leave the rest to go with you. Another club going the other direction, which is a bit, a bit worrying from my point of view.
0: Yeah. So uh, New Year's Eve, then you were tucked
4: up in bed at 10 o'clock, were you? So, yeah, the kids were up. One of them came down at, when I was asleep and gave me a kiss to wish me um, Happy New Year. But that, that oh. yeah, I'm not. we had a curry and um, went to bed from there. It's, yes, nothing's uh, exciting for you. What about you?
0: Party till it's like it's 1999, did you? Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. No, we we went up to uh, the sports club or the social club attached to Eastbourne Borough's ground uh, with our friends. We had a, a really you on the nice... pitch. No, I didn't. I, I did. I did say to my my mate about half eleven. I said, Do you reckon we could get on the pitch?" And that was as far as it went. We didn't. Uh, we didn't actually ever entertain the idea, and partly because we then had to walk home as well. It's about a fifty minutes walk uh, at half past twelve on New Year's Eve. So that was fun. Um, so could you have got on the pitch? I don't think so. No, I think it was all locked up. Oh, right. So yeah, sorry. And uh, you know, otherwise I'd have I'd have loved to have done it. But I mean, I was on the pitch at Chatham yesterday. Is that oh, true, yeah. uh, Also, Dennis Wise was there. Uh, walked past us, so that was quite interesting. Yeah. Oh, really? Did he, well, who was Dennis Wise with. I... Well, so when the when the game finished, right, like, we're standing there, and then there's all these camera people around, and then all these people walk down the tunnel. And um, it turns out that Indonesian under-17s uh, were over having obviously a bit of a documentary about them as well being made. Uh, and they were getting ready for a game that was played on Tuesday at um, at Chatham Stadium. They played Gillingham's academy side. And Dennis Wise was putting the uh, Indonesian players through their paces. Is he the coach of Indonesian under-17s? I don't know. Oh, no. interesting. But he was there on he was there on uh on monday so and i'm sure he enjoyed Did you have him on the head probably but it, it was really weird actually because he walked past me and i didn't even see him and i was chatting to a, a sheppie united supporter, and and uh, luke called out from the km and they just went and, and the sheppie united support when that was dennis wise and i was like god bloody hell so it was didn't even mm. <laughs> bat an eyelid as he walked past so uh but, yeah, you know, that just shows I don't get starstruck. I only get starstruck when I see my, like my real heroes like Matt Gerrard, you know.
4: Thanks, mate. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no worries. Uh, uh, d- did you watch on Netflix? I'm going to wrap this up very soon. Uh, did you watch on Netflix Death to 2020 and then there's the follow-up this year, Death to 2021? I think we watched Death to 2020. We haven't seen Death to 2021. Recommended? I've w- I watched it in the week. It was good. So um, well, we have
4: played list. a couple of series already this year, though. All right on Cobra Kai. Yeah. If you know, that's the one from, uh, we've came that season four, um, which is cheese personified, which I probably said before, but really good fun. And also on Disney plus, uh, big sky, which is an American murder one where they're chasing serial killers all over the place, which was quite good as well. So, um, We've got to find a few things. There's a few new, new things on Netflix, isn't there? Yeah,
0: James, so, yeah, it's so close it's called. Uh, that. Is, I'm probably about to go and start watching it any second now. So uh, yeah. it seems like a good time to wrap it up anyway. But uh, thank you. everyone. Oh, one thing
4: listen. I am doing this, John, one of my yep. favourite things. Do you listen to Popmaster on Ken Bruce Radio 2?
0: Occasionally, not religiously, but occasionally.
4: Found out it's on BBC Sounds. Yep. So before we go to bed, we play Popmaster now. Is wow. how rock and roll is that to see? And I got 24 points one time this week.
0: Once you know what? Three. You yeah, and man. Mrs. Gerrard listening to Popmaster before you go to bed is the second saddest thing I've heard about Pillow Talk in the last uh, couple of weeks, because I did find out the other day uh, or last week that there is a non-league manager in Kent who likes to put this podcast on just before he goes to bed and listen to that in bed with his wife. <laughs>
4: hello mrs uh, manager hope you're well
0: happy yes. new year
4: to you there you go yes we're not gonna, gonna, gonna name any names pastor.
0: yes <laughs> yeah. um, but yes that, that is a, a, a true story and i just simply said need to improve on your pillow talk uh, you yeah, can yeah. find us on twitter at kent NL podcast you can find us on facebook search for kent only podcast uh, i'm at john phipps 81 matt is at matthew underscore gerard which has been very difficult for me to say this has been a mess today uh, i do apologize I'm mainly apologising to my future self because I'm the one who's got to edit this. Uh, But anyway, uh, thank you to all of our guests for their time this week. Thank you to everybody who's been out and watched the game this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the 199th episode of the Kent Only podcast.
4: That is crazy. 199 episodes of absolute drivel. But thanks for sticking by us. And finally, good night, Mrs Manager. Sleep tight.